everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert podcast. Dylan and Ty back after taking a little bit of time off. I was in Vegas, felt, uh, tried to go feel a little bit younger, but I only got older. I'm now the big 3-0. Oh boy. So I am feeling it. My back hurts. I, everything, everything's creaking. I got to get a hip replacement soon. It's uh, <laughs> not great. But I did get the shit sunburn out of me, which was a mistake. Ooh. Because I did not move from my my spot, we got we got front, and I'm like I ain't moving, and I, and I didn't. I had to see Green Day up close, and uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. That rules. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. You could have came, buddy. I offered you tickets. I know. I know. I know. See, next year I'm gonna have a lot more PTO saved up for in case of things like this. Because I just burned through it all this year. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, when they release the next lineup, we should check it out and. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely but, uh, down. I cannot miss it again. Ty, you did get to stay home, and you got to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, which finally. I did not see, but I read the book, so we're gonna do a full review of that today. Um, obviously, more focused on the movie. I'm just fine with hearing everything about it since I read the book. Yeah, and we'll kind of do a little compare and contrast. Um, we'll also do a quick convince me to see. Um. I'm going to do that for Reptile and Old Dad's both Netflix movies. And then, uh, Ty, I, I see you have a two-word Exorcist Believer review. So, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, use your imagination and figure out what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it inside for a little bit. I, I got an idea um, of the two words that may be used, but <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for the end. We'll, we'll, we'll climax with that. Yeah, so it's pretty much it's pretty much also a convince me to see or not exorcist believer. Fair enough. Emphasis on the not. <laughs> uh, awesome. So this week, not a ton of great movies coming out. The biggest probably going to be Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, we discussed this movie for a bit. I think when it first came out, you talked about it in the news section. And we're like, God, why? Why do we yeah. need this? And uh, I think that's still our, our thoughts, but. Who knows? We might be wrong. I don't think we will be. But right. um, if you don't know the story somehow, even though there's like 10 games at this point, uh, a troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. During his first night on the job, he realizes that the night shift won't be so easy to get through. Pretty soon he will unveil what actually happened at Freddy's. So, uh, yeah. So Josh Hutcherson coming in here, he really has kind of taken a fall since the Hunger Games. He hasn't done anything major since yeah, then. Yeah, I can't even think of the last movie I've seen him in. I, I can't think of a movie, but I can think of, uh, he was in that Future Man TV show. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's the first thing that came to mind, too, for me. Which, there was that 57 Seconds movie. I'm looking now at his IMDb. I think that was like an Amazon movie. So I, I think that's the thing, because this is also an Amazon movie. So with Future Man was also a prime TV show. So he might just be in with Amazon at this point. Maybe. I mean, that might not be a bad spot to be in, honestly. Maybe. But Maybe get some money. Yeah, it's not like he's making any big appearances, though. Like, I'm looking right now, and he's... Oh, I guess he's 54 on the star meter right now on IMDb. Yeah. The top 500, he's 54. Probably because Five Nights at Freddy's, but... Yeah. The only thing That'll... this movie has going for it for people our age is that, like, we grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese. Right, and Chuck E. Cheese was scary to begin with. 
Though, I mean, those animatronics are terrifying, no doubt about it. I just really? don't like the way they look in this movie one bit. I don't like the way this animation looks. It's, I mean, it does look like the video game, I guess, but yeah, but you're also real. It with real world. You know, I I don't. I think you needed to find some sort of happy medium and not just have it look exactly like the game. Yeah, no, that's that's ridiculous. Um, but there's a, I think it's a, there's a YouTube channel. Someone like took the old animatronics from Chuck E. Cheese and he still makes them play music and they're all like broken, their skin's all falling off. It's weird. They're terrifying, man. Like they're it's like that uncanny valley. Especially I yeah. think it's like the the pizza cook or somebody with the mustache, his just dead <laughs> thousand yard staring eyes and his weird mustache. Uh creeps me out. Yeah, absolutely hate it. I I uh I used to cry when I would go to Chris <laughs> and like if someone like had a birthday party there, I wouldn't go because I was always too scared growing up. But even now, it just freaks me out. It's a weird, it's a weird place. Oh, I'm looking oh. at it now, and it was like the dog. It was the dog. It had like the cat. The oh, it's so creepy looking. It is a a weird thing. Uh, they all look exactly the same too. Is what's funny. They really amped up how he looks now. He's way more cartoony. <laughs> it's always so funny because like. His name is just Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> yeah. Do, well, do you know, like, the creepy-ass backstory? I've heard something about I've seen some bits about it somewhere. I think I might get this wrong, but I think the backstory is, like, his, like, family died or some shit. <laughs> and so, like, he made this place to bring everyone in so he can have friends and be happy. That might be a little bit of a, a stretch of what the story is, but <laughs> it, it's something like that where... um. You know, maybe he he lost his uh he was a only child, didn't have any friends, shit like that. <laughs> I'm just like I'm gonna end up going down a rabbit hole of Chuck E. Cheese because I'm like on the Wikipedia right now. And apparently they filed for bankruptcy in nineteen eighty four and then got acquired, but it seems like it seems like right after that was whenever they were like booming. No, like in the nineties, whenever like yeah, I was there all the time, cool. you would think. Interesting. So weird. Anyway, and then like I remember like a couple years ago there was a rumor that like they just used, they used, reused old pizzas and stuff. Remember that? Oh, God. <laughs> they would just like take slices from other pizzas and put them into another one. Like that. That. Yeah. Cause probably what happened was it got, uh, someone probably got caught doing that like one time and then it just oh, yeah. blew up. They're like, they all do it. <laughs> yeah. I never uh, really was like a big Five Nights at Freddy's gamer though. Like, so no, I don't know. Neither. I don't know. This movie doesn't really hit home for me, but. If it's really bad, maybe I'll see it just for the hell of it. And if it's if it's decent, maybe I'll see it for the hell of it. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things we just throw on. And we're like, all right, we're going to half watch this. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing it'll be streaming in no less than two months. Is it not straight to Prime? Uh, I think it's in theater. Unless oh it is God. on Prime. That's a shame. No, you're right. You're right. It's theaters. I thought it was going right to Prime. <laughs> Probably should have. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, they do have the creator of the game, Scott Coffin. I think I said that right. Uh, he is one of the writers. I don't know how much they used him, um, but obviously he does get writer credits because he created the backstory. Okay. Um, so I don't know how much he was actually involved with the writing of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also get, uh, Matthew Lillard in this. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, whoa. So maybe he just ends up being the killer like like he was in the first Scream movie. 
As <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. That's so funny. And then uh, director Emma Tammy, uh, she has basically directed nothing. So that seems that's always a reoccurring theme with us, where first time directors, sadly, it just doesn't work out. I wonder why they decided to go with her. I. I ask that question a lot about so many things because it's like she's not uh, unexperienced or inexperienced, but the things she's directed are like TV movies, podcast series, two episodes of a TV series. You know, she hasn't really had a a full length uh, feature film. Maybe she just loves Five Nights at Freddy's. It could be. She's just a big fan. Huge fan. Um. (laughs) Next movie here, uh, Freelance. This, again, I heard nothing about it, but there's actually a pretty decent-sized cast in this film. Uh, an ex-Special Force, Forces operative takes a job to provide security for a journalist as she interviews a dictator. But a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview, and they are forced to escape into the jungle where they must survive. Um, so this is Allison Brie, Alice Eve, John Cena, and Christian uh, Slater. So a, wow. a ra- random array of characters in here. But this reminds me a lot of, uh, oh, man, uh, the Channing Tatum. Um, that Lost City of Z movie? Yeah, something like that. Or Lost, is something Z or whatever? No, no, Lost City of Z was with uh, Charlie Hunnam. Oh, my god! I know exactly what you're talking about. It was the one that had Sandra Bullock in it. Yes, Exactly. And, uh, what the hell the was poster, that like this the poster even looks similar same damn thing like i was half expecting to see the rock on that movie poster i can't believe this is rated r the lost city that it was just lost, the city, lost okay city. yeah so and then no brad hits in that movie for like 10 seconds oh yeah um yeah rate, rated r it uh looks like a straight to dvd type of movie that's honestly what it does look like i mean i do like seeing an allison brie though so yeah. I mean, they must have got a nice paycheck for this one, but. And the director directed Taken. Oh. So it's like there's a decent acting cast, a solid director, but the writer, Jacob Lentz, has only written for Jimmy Kimmel. What the f- What? He just wrote for the, for the late night show. <laughs> that is so random. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how these people just... I mean, obviously, this dude knows people. Um, it makes me think that, like, we could write movies. <laughs> I mean, we, we could. We could. We just, uh, you know, how big does it get is the real question. Because, <laughs> yeah, this dude has written for Jimmy Kimmel for decades. Uh, 1,023 episodes. Jeez. From 2003 to 2010. So he's done nothing, movie-wise. Like- until so now confused. so confused about this movie it seems like it's going to be on we say this all the time too it looks like one of those movies is just going to be like on tnt yep <laughs> it's just high action this would just be something story. that's all, like, playing on a tv anytime you happen to randomly turn it on oh and here's the thing that um we always bring up as well if you have to put like from the director of or from the producer of or from mm-hmm. the writer of it's never going to be good and right at the top from the director of taken yeah, like that's right above the title of the movie. That's that's bad. Yeah, you know what, Killers of the Flower Moon didn't do. They didn't say from the director of the Goodfellas. They <laughs> from one of the best directors of all time. Like they don't have to do that. The story will be good on its own. <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah, that, that's just a that's that's usually a sign that you probably want to stay away from this movie, especially if you're like hanging your hat on the first Taken movie. Yeah, like it's it, not prime cinema, yeah. It's it's it, it's I, a solid movie, no doubt. Yeah, it was the best of the Taken movies. Yeah. Um, did he? Let's see. Did he t- do the rest of them, or was he only Taken? Let's see real quick. Uh, director. He, uh, no, no, he directed Taken from Paris with Love. I think that might also be with uh, Liam. Uh, Zero Hour, The Night Shift, The Gunman, Clan of Bear Cave, Peppermint. Oh, who was in that? I heard that was actually pretty okay. Um, Um, I'm not sure. Jennifer Gardner. Oh, okay. So like another kind of high-end action film. And then The Ambush was his late last movie no one watch this because it's on freebie now <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just it's just gonna be generic action is what it sounds like um yeah, oh, the last one here that sounds somewhat interesting uh suitable flesh a psychiatrist becomes obsessed with one of her young clients with a background in the supernatural so this is actually uh an hp lovecraft story so you know the story itself is probably pretty good if it's coming from from Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but how well did they adapt it is always going to be the bigger question. So um, you get Heather Graham starring in this one. You probably know her from Austin Powers, Boogie Nights, and The Hangover. Oh, yeah. Um, she's the one that Stu marries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the trailer, the pictures, it looks pretty creepy and fucked up. So I kind of think I like I would like to see this. Yeah, this this is probably this, out of the week. This is probably going to be better than Five Nights at Freddy's. I agree. I agree. Even the trailer for this looks kind of kind of wild. Yeah, and it, you look at the poster, and it it's kind of like uh, how do I put it? It looks like an old school type of poster, kind of like campy looking almost. Yeah. So that I'm might be what they're going for. The writing, you know, it should be good. Uh, with Lovecraft, Joe Lynch is the the director. He has not done a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just look exactly what he's done. Mostly a lot of random kind of horror films. So one that's probably more well known is Wrong Turn Two. Okay. Uh, the first one I know was pretty popular, and then they just kind of went too far with it. Uh, I think it's one of those like overly gory films. Okay. Um. But that's what he's done. He's done Mayhem. Oh, he directed Mayhem with uh oh Stephen Ewan. Okay. Uh, so he's done that. That was pretty good. Point blank. I'm not sure what that is. Let's see here. Point blank. Nobody saw Point Blank, so I won't even talk about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he directed four episodes of Creep Show, which I it is a. Yeah, Creepshow used to be a comic book, so they bring some of the stories from the comic to uh, a TV series. That's a, that actually looks pretty cool. I don't, uh, I don't know. It looks like he did some kind of weird video game stuff too. Oh, really? Yeah, this the director Joe Lynch. Yeah. He, he some yeah. kind of game called Serious Sam Four. Okay, it's, yeah. So that's a. I have played that game. It's uh, different. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's, just a, it, it's weird. It's not great or anything, but. Um, that was a game that was like always on sale on Steam for whatever reason. Okay. I'm to sell it. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, cool, but that that's probably out of the movies we've talked about here. That's the one I'm most excited for. Yeah, I'm gonna be on the lookout for this. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to find a theater that's playing it, but maybe it'll be streaming soon. <clears throat> I could try to find yeah. a shine. I wonder if I'll find one. Oh, Shutter. Yeah, it's a it's I think it's a Shutter original. Oh, sweet. So we'll be able to find it then. Yes, yes. It is not coming to theaters. Nice. Awesome. I'm gonna check right now. If it's... Yeah, give her give her a go. Uh while while you do that, the other things I wanna talk about real quick, uh I watched um host. So Ty and I, you know, we looked at the list scariest films uh according to science or whatever the hell they call it now where they put heart rate monitors on people and force them to watch scary movies and number one used to be uh sinister i actually think it, it might still be i think but so. what ended up jo- jumping in the rankings was the movie called host and we never really heard about it we both looked it up and after reading the synopsis of basically they're going to do a seance through a Zoom chat, we're like, that sounds fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched it and uh, it was fucking stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was exactly what the, we expected. It was not scary at all. The, the only reason I can imagine people's heart rates were so high is because the audio is so bad on purpose because it's yeah, through I- it's through a Zoom meeting, so it's like high pitch at times. They do like the stupid echo shit on oh, purpose, and it's just loud. And I'm like, okay, this is just annoying. And um, yeah, not creepy at all. I don't think the person who made the movie has ever actually used Zoom <laughs> because yeah. the like they just throw like a Zoom overlay on it to make it look like the buttons are there, and then it jumps from camera to camera, uh, focusing on who they want you to focus on. I'm like. That's not how it works. <laughs> but yeah. and it's like one thing to just jump from camera to camera to do that. But it but if you do that while trying to be like, yeah, this is how it looks on Zoom, you're just you're just wrong, sadly. And I hate that I know this because I have to use Zoom every damn day for work and I hate it. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a bigger reason I hate the movie. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um it tries to just do all jump scare type stuff. Yeah. And I do not understand how, like, I'll read the reviews for these films. They're like, oh, man, the jump scares are so good. The people who didn't like this must just, they just don't have a heart or anything to make it race. I'm like, you're a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, a lot of the times for most movies, I'm like, okay, to each their own, people like different things. This isn't one of those times. This movie is just straight bad. So. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even feel like I had the time to watch that i just as soon as i knew it was about zoom i was like oh here we go yeah. especially because that one what was it called lost was it lost the one with the girl her mother goes missing or is it just called oh, missing I know what you mean. uh miss i think it was missing yeah i didn't really love that one i don't love the whole yeah. you see the computer screen the whole time movie yeah i i'm Not pretty with you there i didn't yeah. i think the first one they did before missing uh, with uh, Harold from Harold and yeah. Kumar. Yeah. That was done better. It, it was mm-hmm. just unique and inter- inter- interesting. This was Yeah, it was not, like the first to do it. Yeah. This was not unique nor interesting. <laughs> right. um, and it, was only, it wasn't it was even an hour long. 
and nothing really? happens for the first like 25 minutes. That's pretty much what I, that's about the same as Exorcist Believer. Nothing really <laughs> happens in the whole entire damn movie. <laughs> like if you have a movie that you make short, you know, 75% of that movie should have some substance. When nothing happens for 40% of your movie, that's a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyways, yeah, that was just some filler. Were you able to find suitable flesh um, to stream? So it looks like it's going to be streaming January 2024. So I don't know why it said January 2024. Maybe it means like this January. Interesting. Truly, yeah, truly interesting. it means this January. There's no no way it's January 2024. Um, but yeah, so I think streaming within the next couple months, theater for now. Or you can buy it VOD. I think it's like $15, but I didn't find it anywhere. Interesting. It says Voodoo Watch Now $15. Yeah, because the damn release date on here says October 27th, so I don't know if IMDb is just fucking lying again. Yeah. <laughs> or or what, but either way, it's coming out. It's coming eventually. And we will find it and watch it. One way or another. Um, cool. We'll we to begin streaming on Shutter in January 2024. Oh, I guess so. Okay, I guess that would be like January first is twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, what's going on in the news world? Honestly, for not doing a pod in two weeks, you'd think there'd be a lot more, but there's not a ton. Uh so I'll dive into the little bits I do have here. Starting off with some superhero movie news because this is just hilarious. Um, so there's currently. No DC actors reprising their roles in James Gunn's new iteration of the DCU. So that means people like Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, and even Jason Momoa uh, are reportedly not coming back. Good. Momoa is the only one that is in talks to play another character, though. Completely different from Aquaman. He might be playing Lobo. Are you familiar with Lobo at all? I do not know Lobo. Apparently, he's an intergalactic bounty hunter anti-hero. That's kind of cool. Okay, yeah. yeah, that looks exactly like Jason Momoa. It does. It literally does. So, <laughs> I mean, that's probably what he should have been cast as all along. Yeah. Um, Some people are returning, though, like Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, John Cena as Peacemaker, and Zolo Maraduena as Blue Beetle. He'll return, too. <laughs> okay. That's good for them, but I mean, this iteration that we have now of DC was a complete failure. I mean, none of those movies were really good. None of them did very well. With the exception of Momoa, I don't think any of them even gave a shit about their character anyway. So, so much. It was. It felt like such a reaction to Marvel doing their cinematic universe that they're like, "Oh shit, we need to do this too," and then it just right. didn't work. Yeah. So then. They're just completely scrapping it. To hell with them all, they're saying. So good for James Gunn. Fun fact, uh, going back to Lobo, I just had a flashback. I'm like, why Why have I heard that before? And it wasn't because of the comic. It was because, um, so we were driving around looking at different neighborhoods for houses. Mm -hmm. And the one school uh, was the, I'm just going to make up a city name, like San Antonio Lobos. And I'm like, the hell's a Lobo? And... Um, I remember looking it up. It is it is Spanish for wolf. Oh, so there you go. Fun fact. I also I think Lobo was in Injustice. If you're familiar with the Injustice games, yes, I am. I don't think I played them, but I I do know what they are. I think he was like 
Why do I feel like he rode a motorcycle or something? I don't know, but he probably did. He looks like a guy to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but speaking of superhero news, so you know how we're getting that new Daredevil series? Yes. They fired all the writers on that. <laughs> so Amazing. all the writers and directors on that show, they let them go, and the studio wants to put the show through an entire creative reboot. I, uh, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it did so well. Yeah. So. Okay. I don't know. Um, Deadpool 3 got delayed due to the actor's strike. Um, fourth Spider-Man movie coming out. Okay. Uh, that's eyeing a late 2024 production start with everybody that's notable to return, like Tom Holland, Zendaya, and John Watts. To switch it up from superhero news, though, uh, one big piece of news here that's really quite shitty is Mission Impossible 8's been delayed. So it got pushed back all the way to 2025 as a result of the strike. Wow. It was originally scheduled to come out in June 2024, now May 23rd, 2025. That's a problem. Yeah, that really sucks. I really liked the first one, the first part. Um, It did underperform at the box office, though, but that's straight up on them for not putting it out in September or whatever. They waited and put it out the week before Barbie and Oppenheimer, and it just crushed them. Yeah. So it also might be getting a different title. So it wouldn't be Dead Reckoning Part 2 anymore. It might be getting a brand new title. Okay. That was just, I don't know. We'll see about <laughs> what that's going to be. But I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go way over the top with huge stunts and shit to try to make up for Part 1 flopping so bad. Apparently yeah. Tom Cruise is pissed. He should be. He should be. Next little thing here, coming with Halloween right around the corner. The director of the Terrifier movies, Damien Leone, he wants to direct a Friday the 13th movie. I say let him do it. Um, Apparently he has ideas for a revival and he's already talked to producers. Uh, There hasn't been a new Friday the 13th movie since 2009. So I think he'd be perfect for it. Yeah, I don't even know which one it was either. Couldn't even tell you. Oh, that's why. (laughs) So it's just Friday the 13th and they've... uh... It looks like it did very, very poorly. <laughs> For whatever reason, I always liked Jason more than Michael Myers, but those the Jason movies just never really hit. Like they just they never did well or they stopped coming out. But it seems like Michael Myers is getting rebooted every ten months now. I think for I uh Jason is like a way cooler villain. Yeah. But the movie you're right, the movies just never hit. They never like hit they never were as good as a uh, you know, like a Michael Myers movie for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, just two more quick things here. Um, apparently Ryan Johnson is working full force on Knives Out Three, so mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome. He's quoted saying he's got a setting and he knows what the movie is in his head. So I guess that's a good start. So who knows when that'll actually come out? But at least he's planning on it. Yeah. And then this is like the funniest thing of all time to me. Apparently Netflix is planning on making brick and mortar locations. I don't know what they would even be doing there, <laughs> but that is <laughs> it, that's exactly what they did to put Blockbuster and every other mom and pop video store out of business. The, they started streaming and everything, closing only, down all of the brick and mortar locations. The only thing I can see having a location for isn't even for movies or anything. It's for games. Yeah, just it's it's so dumb. And then they're already on my shit list again anyway because they just keep up in the prices. So. So I, we got hit finally with that pass, password sharing thing. Yep, where, certainly. 
it's like, oh, this isn't part of your household. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm totally traveling. But it's that's absurd. Yeah, eventually everything is just going to go back to cable. Eventually they're going to make one streaming service you pay for that you have all of them. Or or guess what? Everyone's just going to pirate everything again. I'm here for it. I'm here for the pirating. Let's do it. That's what happened, right? It was like everyone was pirating because cable is so expensive. Netflix comes around. It's mildly more convenient to pay eight dollars or whatever it was in rather than you know having to worry about upsetting your internet provider mm-hmm. and now it's just getting all too difficult there's too many surfaces so it's just better to pirate <laughs> you know it's like the the convenience that you had that was worth the money is going away by raising the price and doing all this nonsense it's like if you want to get greedy go for it mm-hmm People are more tactical now. Guess what? There more people know how to pirate today than they did twenty years ago. Exactly. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end. Nothing crazy for news as far as you know, not having any pods for two weeks. Yeah. Hey, that works. That means I didn't miss much. No, not at all. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll I'll get into the that convince me to see or not. I, I got two here. Um I'll kick it off with the one I saw first, and that was uh, Reptile on Netflix with uh, Justin Timberlake, who's, you know, they they put him as kind of like the face of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's only in it maybe half the time. Oh, really? Um, Del Toro is the main character in this food in this movie. Okay. Um, JT is uh, around, mm-hmm. uh, but not nearly as involved as they lead you to believe. So. I'll just give a quick uh, synopsis. Uh, Tom Nicholas is a hardened New England detective unflinching in his pursuit of a case where nothing is as it seems, and it begins to dismantle the illusions in his own life. That feels like a horrible description for what the movie actually (laughs) is. Um, The trailer does a better job. Essentially, the movie is Justin Timberlake's uh, girlfriend gets murdered. Okay. And Del Toro is a detective who just moved to town because he testified against his partner. Uh, I guess he was part of some like corrupt uh, police scandal thing where they were like embezzling money, some crap. I don't know. Something like that. Um, So he moved here and now he's just like the hard ass cop whose job is to figure out who murdered this girl. Um, Okay. And, you know, they go down a bunch of different paths that I'm not going to spoil anything in here, but um, it is very good early on. Uh, you get pretty captivated by it. Uh, the murder is pretty brutal. Um, and it is interesting. But, you know, you get the normal things like, oh, it's it's always the boyfriend, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with that said, it then goes and focuses way too much on Del. Toro's like character background mm-hmm. and it just gets incredibly boring um, for probably a solid 40 minutes to an hour of the middle. It's like none of this has anything to do with him solving the case. It's more about him. Um, you know, like what they say here, uh, nothing is as, as it seems and it begins to dismantle the illusions in his own life. So like he just like starts thinking that his wife is cheating on him. 
and <laughs> stuff like that because that's what it sounds like was going on with JT's girlfriend. Uh-huh. And so he's like, well, what if that's happening to me, basically? And it it just focuses too much on a character background story rather than a police detective investigation type film. And it just gets incredibly boring. You can cut out probably the middle 45 minutes and you would get a better movie. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I didn't realize that this was two hours and 14 minutes long. That's pretty long. Yeah, and it felt way longer. <laughs> so it felt extremely long. You know, what we're watching it, and I, I paused to go to the bathroom or, or whatever. I'm like, that was only 40 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh-huh. it just feels like it drags on a, a lot. Um, the 6.8 rating isn't, I think that that's a bit high. I Actually, I should probably remind myself what i gave it but i'm i'm pretty sure i gave it either a four or a five um okay. it's something to throw on uh i did give it a five um, okay it's something to throw on but i wouldn't rush to go and watch it it gets pretty boring in the big in the middle um and maybe the biggest problem is that the beginning was so captivating that that's probably why the middle feels so damn boring okay um, well, if you can suffer through that, the story is okay. It's a little cl- cliche. Um, so I, I don't think I can say I'm going to try to convince you to see it. But if you have nothing else to throw on, it's an easy watch on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I it's on my list. I just hadn't made time to watch it yet. Yeah. And, like, I didn't know what it was all about. So that's good. Uh, and I think it's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by... It's like, oh, we don't want you to know what this movie's about. And then it, it does. It, it makes you question, okay, what is this movie about? And then you're like, oh, we're just trying to figure out who Del Toro is as a character. <laughs> the only thing that's distracting me is that earring in his ear, dude. Oh, yeah, he's he's super cool. The, <laughs> it's like the cool. 90s throwback. He's got the one earring in. Yeah. Cool, dude. That's how you know he's a hard-ass cop. He doesn't take no jokes. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I'll throw it on sometime, definitely. Yeah. It's not it's not horrible, but it's not great. Right. Um, the second film I watched, also Netflix movie, Old Dads. Uh, Ty, you you know you and I were all about stand up comedy. We oh, yeah. all these guys, all the podcasts and everything. So seeing Bill Burr come out here and uh, to direct and write his own film, raise some eyebrows. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Yeah. There's very few stand up comedians that can uh, write a movie, star in it, and do well. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest example is probably Bert with the machine, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even watch the machine. Old dad's a million <laughs> times better. Okay, that's um, good. With that said, it's not bad. It isn't bad. Um, the there are laughs in it. Um, if you like Bill Burr's stand up, you will like a lot of this movie because the best parts of it are him is him just ripping on people and and going on and on about things that annoy him that's okay. that's a lot of the movie that that's pretty funny um, that rules. So essentially the story is uh he is an older dad you know i think he's late 40s early 50s something like that and he has a younger kid you know five six years old he's in a uh kindergarten and uh he has another kid on the way um the whole story is him and his two buddies, uh, what are their names? Bobby Cannavale and 
Bokeem Woodbine. Mm -hmm. Um, They are friends. They started a business together and they ended up selling it. And while they sold it, they still work there. Um, They just sold it for shares or whatever to make their money. And the whole point of the money is to put, uh, well, the whole reason for Bill's money is to put his kid through private school. Okay. Uh, He obviously hates all the parents and the teachers, the principal at the private school because they're all woke and PC and he can't stand that. Um, so like he, he calls the one girl a stumpy cunt. Which <laughs> I, I lost my shit at like I, that's such a fantastic adjective to add on to that. Um, just in front of all the parents. And that's what causes all this chaos. That and so the whole movie is uh, his wife getting on him about being a better father and controlling his anger so his kid can get a good recommendation from this private school so he can go to great other schools some crap like that and so he tries working on it becoming a better person obviously that doesn't work um the at the end the story doesn't matter at all because spoiler alert if you really care about the story uh his kid ends up going to public school anyways, and it's all fine. So it's like all of the arguments from the beginning with his wife and all these fights, like they straight up almost get divorced. <laughs> and then it's like he goes to pri- uh, public school anyways, and everything's all cool. I'm like, this is the there's no story. Nothing changed. There was no reason for this to be an, an, an argument. Uh, but with that said, you're not watching this movie for the story. You're watching it for the comedy. And right. it's after probably 30, 40 minutes, you are, you got the comedy. It's all out there in the open. It's happened. Uh, the rest of it is just kind of dragging it on to try to make the, the plot make sense. Um, but if you want something to throw on and laugh at every now and then, this is an, an easier one. Um, while I did also rate this a five, mm-hmm. I think I would put it above Reptile in terms okay. of like, like if I had to go back and pick one to watch, it's probably Old Dads. Okay, so two solid streaming recommendations. Honestly, not not perfect, but yeah. something that's worth worth it if you got some time. Yeah, and they really like shove your face into the comedy at the beginning, which gets mm-hmm. you really into it. Yeah, and then it drops off. But overall, no, yeah, I didn't hate it. It's it, it's funny enough, especially if you like Bill Burr. Yeah, um, you'll like the comedy in it. That's all I'm going to check it out for is Bill Burr. He's the man. Love him. So I do do need to watch this one. Got to support old Billy Burr. That's right. Uh, speaking of Billy. Hello. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> what a oh, segue. Boy. <laughs> what a segue. Uh, so we are about to talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. We took a week off the podcast, so we, we got to get some more games with Billy in here. Uh, so this is going to be a three-parter three-parter um, and it is all going to be focused on martin scorsese um and and his film so i'm going to start with what i think will be the easiest game and then we'll, we'll yeah. get hard as we go on so we'll do top five like we have been okay what is his uh highest grossing film uh oh, top five rap <laughs> I know it's not going to be anything like that I think it's going to be, but um, we'll give it a shot. Okay. 
What about Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street is number one. Nice, okay. $389.8 million worldwide box office. Only $18.4 million opening weekend, which is uh, his fourth highest. So number one overall, but only fourth in opening weekend. That's pretty crazy. Um, I want to say like, I want to say like the the bangers here, but I don't know if they're going to be there. I feel like that's a trick. Okay, let's give me the Departed. The Departed is number three. Number three. Okay. Um, so a hundred million dollars less worldwide than the Wolf of Wall Street at wow. two hundred and eighty nine point seven. It, however, <clears throat> excuse me, has the second highest opening weekend at twenty six point nine million. Wow. Okay, so I got one in three. Dying. Wait, what was that? I think you might have cut out. Excuse me. Oh, there we go. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, you have one in three. One in three. Okay, so give me Goodfellas then. No, Goodfellas no? is not in the top five. It is, I don't even think it's top ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, eleven. Damn. How about Shutter Island? Shutter Island is number two. Number two, okay. At 299.5 million. However, number one by a, lo- a wide margin opening weekend. $41 wow. million. Dollars. That's crazy. Uh, so you know. have one, two, three. That, so, yes, that's it. One, two, three. So you need four and five. So I'm seeing a trend here that none of the really older movies are really on the top of that list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other two are um how do I put this? They're not films that I'm like, oh yeah, Martin Scorsese directed that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um what about Taxi Driver? Taxi Driver is also not in the top ten. Uh number thirteen. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, I guess it makes sense. Came out in seventy six. Um I uh, will what about- say- that one of the two does star Leo. Is it Gangs of New York? Gangs of New York is in it. Or, uh, wait, maybe both star Leo. I'm sorry. Um, yes, Gangs of New York is in it. Uh, number five, 183.1 million. So you just have number four left. This is also with Leo. Also with Leo. Actually, aren't all of these? I don't even... Let me see here. I might have to pull up the list of... His movies that have Leo in them. Yeah, and I can um I, I I might just give you this one because this one was kind of under the radar for a Scorsese movie, but it was The Aviator. Oh, I've never even seen this one. So The Aviator, I believe it's a true story. Um, I saw it way back, like probably mm. before I could even comprehend what the hell was going on. Um, but it's about Howard Hughes. Um, oh. it's a it, it's a from the nineteen twenties to the nineteen forties. Um, showing the early years of uh, his directing and kind of his, he had kind of like a, he probably diagnosed it as like a OCD complex. Like he he had, he had a big OCD problem. Okay. Um, but yes, Martin Scorsese did direct that. And this was one of, this might be the first film him and Leo did together. Really? I think so. I, I can't think of anyone, any of the other ones that are older. Um. But yeah, that is that is the top five here. Okay. And uh, to kind of roll into the next game, 
This one, probably a little harder. Actually, definitely a little harder. Um, <laughs> so I will help you out a good bit here. We are only going to do the top three. All right. So which actors have been in the most Scorsese films? Oh, boy. I feel like it's not going to be the obvious like I'm thinking it is. <laughs> it's definitely going to be some of like the background dudes that I would least expect. But... I'll start off with De Niro. De Niro is number one. Okay, okay. So he is in 10 movies. Man, over 50 years. He's been in 10 of his different movies, starting with Mean Streets in 1973. Wow. Um, up until 1995, that was uh, eight, eight films. And then it wasn't until 24 years later when they did The Irishman together. And then finally, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, to put him at 10. Wow. What about, what about Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci, this shocked me, because I thought, when I looked this up, I was like, all right, Pesci's, that's the guy, right? When you uh -huh. think Scorsese, you think De Niro, you think Pesci. Pesci is number seven. He has only been in four. Scorsese wow. movies. Okay, well, I guess logically I have to go Leo then now. That is correct. Leo is number three. Uh, number he has three. been in six appearances um, since 2002. So, okay, I'm pretty sure The Aviator. Okay, Aviator was 2004. So what What came out in 2002? Uh, 2002, I, Gangs of New York. Okay, that makes sense. There you go. Okay. Okay, so in between six and how many did... How many did Nero have? Ten, six, and ten. So it's got to be somebody that's in like seven, eight, or nine. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, I, here, here's my hint. She has been in seven of his films. She? Okay. Is it yeah. Sharon Stone? It is not. Okay. Um, Sharon Stone is even on this list. She is not. Not even on here. Not even in the top 13. Okay. This is a uh, this is why I said it's harder because she is not even really an actress. Is it a dog or something? It is not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> is it his, is it his daughter or his wife or something? Close sister? Closer? His mom? His mom. What? Catherine Scorsese hasn't been in seven of his movies. That rules. Was she in the so, Irishman? Was she the mom in the Ar or not in Goodfellas? Yes, she was. She was no Peggy's mom in the Goodfellas. That rules. So yeah, she is always in his films. Um, there's a really great segment. They're interviewing him about putting his mom in movies, and they're like, "She's so serious." Like, <laughs> anytime <laughs> he like tries to give her notes, she's like, "No, don't tell me what to do." <laughs> That is awesome. So it's like none of the script is usually written for her. They just kind of tell her what to do, and she just does it. She goes with it. So much of the scene where you know they drive to uh, uh, Tommy's mother's house in the Goodfellas, and they're having dinner. That was all pretty much ad libbed. You know, she held up the the painting. Was like, look what I painted. He's like, <laughs> one dog goes one way, one dog goes the other way. This guy's like, what do you want to do with? Him? What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> So, yeah, it is his mother. In... That is awesome. I would have never guessed. Yeah, that's a good one. I was um, like, is it a dog? 
She's also known for always cooking for the cast and crew. That's awesome. Sweet lady. Um, I'm assuming she's not around anymore. Probably Otherwise, not. She would probably still be in his films. R.I.P. R.I.P. to a legend. A legend that gave birth to a legend. Absolutely. All right. For the final game. And this one is um, maybe the hardest. It's kind of hard to say. But okay. we'll, we'll give it a go here. Um, I am going to exclude uh, non-feature films, if that makes sense. Because he's done some uh, uh, documentary-style films and everything that I'm not going to include in this. Mm-hmm. So, it will now be top five audience score movies. Okay. For Scorsese. Okay, give me Goodfellas. Goodfellas is number one. Hell yeah. 97%. However, only a 94% tomato meter. That's crazy. Animals. Like, what's, what's wrong with you? Okay, give me, give me, give me, give me, let's see here. The Departed. The Departed is number two at let's 94%. Go. Two of the best movies of all time, especially in my hey, book. Um, what about Shutter Island? Shutter Island is not in the top five. Oh, shit. It is. Oh, man. I'm surprised I got to scroll this far. Holy crap. Uh, Shutter. Wow. Shutter Island, only a 77%. Whoa. Uh, they must not have got They must not have got yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't understand it, dummies. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Wolf of Wall Street? Wolf of Wall Street is also not in the top five. 83%. Okay, so we're going to have to go back then. Gimme, gimme, gimme taxi driver. Taxi driver. One, two, three, four. Uh, it's technically number six. Uh, but a 93% audience rate. Damn. Yeah, so very close to the top five. And um honestly, let me let me see if I give you top five because I want to see this one. If this is okay. Nope, tied. That's in there because the one ahead of it is a documentary. So I'm not counting that. Taxi Driver is number five. Hell yeah. Okay. So let's see. We started all the way back at Taxi Driver. From there, I will go Raging Bull. Raging Bull is number four. So you let's get two old ass De Niro movies. <laughs> now you have one, four, and five. One, four, and five. Wait, wasn't The Departed number two? Yes. Okay, so I have one, I, two, I four, five. You said the, wait, yeah, so one, two, four, five. So you just need the middle one. And Ty, I don't know if you've seen this one yet, but I've yelled at you to go watch it. Oh, shit. Casino? Casino. I started it. I didn't finish it, though. I only, got like, 90, I only got like 30 minutes in. Has a 93%. Nice. Not a super bonus round, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies that he has 100% on the tomato meter. And wow. they're all documentaries. Wow. So I, I didn't know he did so many. You know, it's like uh, King Cohen, The Wild World of Filmmaker, Larry Conan, Cohen, Long Strange Trip, My Voyage to Italy, Woodstock. So he's got a decent handful of uh, uh, documentaries. Even uh, he didn't always direct them. Some of them he was just like a narrator. I think he really just is the go when it comes down to it. He's a man. Yeah, he's probably, you know, it's like him, 
in Nolan, when I hear their names, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see that movie. I'm in no matter what. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let uh, from that, let's get into his newest movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. And Ty, I'm going to let you take this away as I take a drink because I'm dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. So Killers of the Flower Moon. This was one of the last big hype releases for the year, and it's finally here. Um, I couldn't wait for this one. I was excited to see how it stacked up against my personal favorite of the year, Oppenheimer. Um, but we'll dive into it and figure out what uh, how, how it stacks up here. So the synopsis, just for anybody that hasn't seen it yet or just doesn't know, uh, it's when oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. Osage is pretty much just Indians for... That's... Yeah. So, <laughs> starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, um, our guy the Plem Dog, and a couple others that you'd recognize, like Brendan Fraser and John Lithgow. Um, current scores on Rotten Tomatoes, 92% critic score, 84% audience, and on IMDb, an 8.1. So, from the start... Um, you can definitely tell how passionate Scorsese is about the entire subject of the film and like the killings of the Osage people. And it brings out amazing performances from the entire cast, specifically De Niro and Lily Gladstone. Leo's good too. I wouldn't be surprised if all three end up getting nominated, but more specifically De Niro and Gladstone. Um, and this is probably going to be one of the last really great De Niro performances we're going to get. Like before this, he was just in a lot of bullshit. Um, but this was a really good return to form for him. He played kind of like an old, rich oil guy in the fields of Oklahoma, wherever the hell it is, uh, just living amongst the Osage. They all, he plays like a really weird, like, southerner character. He never really played a character like this before. So yeah. that was cool for him. Um, awesome cinematography, too. I love the Western genre, and this kind of fits right in along with that. Um, the runtime is a big thing that is up for debate right now. Um, it didn't bother me. There's no doubt that a three-hour-long movie is a lot of time to spend in the movies these days, but uh, if you can make the time for it, it's definitely worth a trip to the movies before it's streaming on Apple TV. The movie has good pacing for that length, and it never really drags or slows down, in my opinion. But, like, I, I get why some people are like, wow, 3.5 hours, 3.5 hours, that's a long time. It is, but the movie doesn't feel that long, so that's good. Yeah. Um, whenever a movie's that long and it feels that long, you know it. Um, like, Bo is Afraid, that felt like a long movie. <laughs> um, for me, um, things do get a little bit repetitive, but that's just because of that's how things unfold in the story. Yeah. Um, I don't really hold that against it, though. Um, i trying to think what I can do without going into full spoilers here. Um from from the trailer, I didn't know that Leo was going to be like a huge piece of shit in this movie. Uh, I kind of thought he was going to be like just someone that was like cool with the Indians and maybe he was like the, I don't know. I did not know what the hell he was, but it turns out he's just a massive piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, quite the opposite of what I thought he was going to be. I will say I like the movie a lot, but it didn't hit the highs of some of Scorsese's best for me. No doubt it's a good movie, and I did end up at a 9 on it. But as far as I'm concerned, um, this sealed the Oscar envelope for Best Picture for Oppenheimer. Um, without going into spoilers. I like this movie a lot, but I don't think it's the best of the year. I think that's still going to be Oppenheimer. And, I'm definitely uh, interested to see what... I, I'm excited for you to see it, so you yeah. can tell me how it stacks up compared to the book. 
Yeah, and that's um. Well, for, first, I want to uh, hit on you. Still think Oppenheimer will win Best Picture? That's also what Vegas thinks as well. Gotta be. Um, yeah. So gotta... after this film is uh, came out, um, Best Movie is still Oppenheimer at plus one fifty, mm-hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon at plus three hundred. Okay. Um, however, uh, Nolan's still the favorite at minus one sixty for Best Director. Scorsese mm-hmm. at plus two hundred. There's currently a tie for best actress between Lily Gladstone and Mm -hmm. Emma Stone. So apparently you just need to have stone in your name Um, at both at plus 50. But poor things has not come out yet. So this is kind of just an assumption. Um, So, you know, if poor things comes out and uh, we can we can see the odds change here. When does poor things come out? Is it next month? I think it's either next month or it might be december or... i'm excited for that one i'm really yeah. excited for that one i saw the trailer in december 8th uh-huh december 8th. um but yeah I, that was like one of the few trailers i've actually seen in in theaters yeah that's a weird it's like a weird trailer you're like what the hell even is this it's i think it's gonna be a weird one but i'm excited for that one um yeah with, without going into much of the spoilers um you know ty how how is the movie way different than kind of you expected going into it yeah so i mean i saw the trailers and stuff but i didn't really see i tried to not watch all of them if that makes any sense i didn't want to be i wanted to go in kind of blind uh i kind of got the idea of what it was but i thought leo was gonna be like a good guy and he is like a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is um pretty wild Uh, so if i would have read the book i would have known that off the rip that he's a piece of shit Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait, so is the book is the book like a like a story like fiction or is it nonfiction? No, it, this is all a true story. I thought okay, so I knew it actually happened like the Osage and all that stuff. I wasn't sure if it was a story based on that or if it was just no. straight yeah, up so what happened. All nonfiction, everything told in the book is factual. Um, the author went and like interviewed a lot of the ancestors. Okay. Of uh, the folks portrayed in this movie, even the names are what their real names were um when did the, the movie or when did the book come out the book came out it might have been like 10 years ago oh, okay um, i figured it might have been a little bit older than that that's cool like it maybe like 2012 2014 let me see uh no okay wow it's a little newer than i thought 2017 nice okay i'm definitely gonna read the book now too because i'm really interested but a lot of the uh exploration and investigation that the author david Grand did for mm-hmm. the film that started in, I think like the early 2010s probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. because he talks about, you know, talking to, um, uh, the Burkharts, I guess it would have been like their great granddaughter or something like that. Wow. Um, and just a, a lot of other folks. And, and what you say about like the movie kind of being a little bit repetitive, that's just straight up what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's you why know, I didn't it against it. Yeah. It was a lot of the same shit happening to this group of people, and it it's completely wild. And um, I'll tell it in the spoiler section, but um, the story doesn't end where the movie ended. Okay. Well, let's um, just jump into spoilers then. Yeah, let's do it. So, Ty, <laughs> do do they make it uh, like a big reveal that De Niro's the like, awful, super bad dude, or is it kind of like expected throughout the movie? 
Yeah, it's just expected throughout the movie. It pretty much like as soon as him and Leo start talking, uh, you're just like, oh, okay, so he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and then it's yeah, like so the whole movie. He's just like being a piece of shit to the Osage people. Absolutely wild that he's just like, hey, yeah, get in beloved. with these people, marry this woman. We're gonna take all their damn money. Yeah, yeah. So it's nuts. Super, super wild. And I, I again, I have not seen the movie yet, but I know I and I hate to say it, but I know Jesse Plummons did a fantastic job at his role, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But yeah. I just that was one <laughs> thing I took against the movies. I just wish I wish they brought him in sooner. It seems yeah. like they brought him in too late. Like I mean, oh, I don't he remember. In? It's like the last third of the movie. He's not really in it all that much. Okay. That yeah. that's interesting. So in the book, um, you get kind of like an idea of what's going on. People are getting murdered, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it is a lot of Tom White, Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. character doing a ton of investigation. They also go into like his background. I didn't think I knew they wouldn't really do that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go a lot into his background in the book. Um, is J. Edgar Hoover in the movie at all? J. Edgar Hoover. Let me see. He would be. Um, I don't think he's the president yet, but. He he's the guy who's like kind of running the investigation before it turned into the FBI. I think so. I think he. I think his name gets brought up, okay. and then you might see him, and then that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So really, what this turned into, and why the book was written, was this was kind of the start of the FBI. Yeah, um, yeah. The group that Plemons' character kind of puts together to do these investigations, they turn eventually turn into the FBI. Okay. And that I think I'm pretty sure it's Hoover who always gets credit for creating the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of the one pulling the strings on the justice side of things. You know, he's the one telling Tom what to do, who do who uh he's like, you need to get this done. If you don't get this done, you're basically fired, shit like that. Like he's really super hard on them. Um but yeah, just a, a crazy, wild story that um, – do they go into the intricacies of how they were getting the money um, from from killing people? Um, a little bit. A lot of it was kind of like – a lot of it was that some money was being passed down from this person to that person. You take gotcha. that person out, that you get yes. their money, your kids get their money. But yes. there would be like – it would be like hail – taking out insurance on different people right. and doing all this shit. Yeah, it was nuts. Definitely so nuts. What was going on there was, um, oh, I should also ask, did it, it, it tell how the Assange people got their money? Yeah, oil. Oil. Like they okay. just so, yep. so, you know, when Europeans were, ex- well, I guess we were Americans at that point, but when we hmm. were expanding across the continental U.S., the natives got push out of their land they're like all right this land's yours now and then they find out that the land they put them on has a shit ton of oil and they're like shit uh-huh. <laughs> so they all get rights to the oil and they get paid monthly quarterly i don't remember how often uh uh-huh. for their oil oil rights so they make a shit ton of money oh yeah but how kind of they got around giving the actual uh natives money is by requiring them to have a uh, 
not a mentor, like a someone. I know who, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what they called it either. It yeah. was like a um. Oh man, it was not. I know what you're talking about. Essentially, yeah, yeah. It was someone who like over oversaw all their money. Yep. Yep. Um, normally, it would be a husband or something like that. But if you were like a, I think you had to be a second generation, uh, or beyond, mm-hmm. in order to not require it. But if you were just like uh old school that that sounds weird <laughs> an older native american you were forced to have this person oversee all your money mm-hmm. they would have to go to that person to get money out of, the, out of the bank if they wanted to spend money if they wanted to go out to the bar one night they had to ask for the money it's their money yeah, um, yeah. the reason beyond it by it or for it was because they would say like oh they're too dumb they don't mm-hmm. understand uh how money works and stuff like that they'll be taken advantage of so yeah. the whole thing was to prevent them from getting taken advantage of and they get taken advantage of <laughs> so it was like a whole thing so uh the nero's character um he was an overseer for like a ton of people like everyone yeah. loved him yeah and so you know they do this whole scheme um but with that said uh i'm pretty sure it, does it only focus on uh de niro and dicaprio as kind of like the main uh, pretty much and then like yeah pretty much and then like they're like gang of misfit fucking cowboys that they bring in to kill people and all that and then a lot of focus on lily gladstone too uh leo's wife and it's fucked up what he does to her too yeah yeah it's it's completely wild and um what i'll say uh, what i was saying about like the end of the movie is not the end of like the story uh-huh. Um, the author was investigating all this and there were tens of other coordinated efforts to do the same thing that never got caught. Jeez. Um, so it's like, while William Hale is kind of like the big face of all, all of this mm-hmm. and the government kind of just like, oh, we got him, put it away and then ignored the rest. It continued. Um, and there were a lot of other people doing this. He was really just kind of the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people who went without any problems. They just got away with it all. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's nuts. Uh, a lot of the scenes were crazy. Like the scene where the house gets blown up yeah. with her sister. <laughs> I mean, that's why Lily Gladstone's so good in this movie because pretty much each and every single one of her family members dies, and she has yeah. to keep going <laughs> through that trauma. And it's just so good. But the one that like one of the toughest ones was the house blows up and they're like, what the hell was that? Whose house was that? Yeah. Leah runs out and they're like, oh my God, it was fucking whatever her name was. Mindy's. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, her husband was a piece of shit. So I did, I couldn't stand yeah. that guy. Just homie hopping from sister to sister after they all died. <laughs> but that house blows up and it seriously shakes the whole neighborhood that everybody's goes, runs down in the basement that Leo goes to check it out, obviously, even though he knows what the hell happened. Uh-huh. And he comes back and she just has another breakdown again. But like yeah. this time they're just in the basement. She probably already knew what had happened by the time he gets back. But whenever they're over there and they like find the sister and they try to see if she's still alive, they just like lift the back of her head up and her brain just falls out. Oh, Gr- just gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was Brendan Fraser in this? I, I honestly did not realize he was in it until I saw him being interviewed. I honestly didn't like him in this. He was like, <laughs> it's, he was like over the top. He was like, Damn. why are you doing what you're doing, boy? <laughs> like this, like the way he talked was like too much. And he was still fat from doing the whale. 
<laughs> and it was like you shame. have to see it. You have to see it. I, yeah, I mean, but, I still love Brendan Fraser, but like the way he talked was just like way too much. That's a shame. He, at one point, he's talking. He's like, "You stupid boy," but he says it like real, like real bad. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Great. Um. So I saw you put it at a nine. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yep, nine. Gotcha. Okay, so that would put it. Let me pop the numbers. Killers of the flower, moon. Pretty sure that's gonna tie it for second. But let me confirm. That will. Yep, it will now be tied for second place with two other movies: the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Oh yeah. So the only way it can get up and tie for first is if I give it a 10. Wow, and okay. That, that would be the first, my first 10 of the year. So we'll see what happens here. Let's see if I like it more than what I got. Oppenheimer and Guardians. Yeah, I, I definitely will. like it more than Guardians. I don't think it, nothing's going to top Oppenheimer for me, though, I don't think. Fair enough. Yeah, I will. It, it's nice to see two you know, heavyweight directors going at it this year. Mm-hmm. You don't always get that. Um, both oh, yeah. over three hours, too. Yeah, that's that's something you don't see a lot of, like a lot of love for these longer movies. Yeah. I'm and here for it. Awesome. Um, anything else you want to hit on with this movie? Uh, no, I think go see it while it's in theaters, though. I say I must say to everybody. Awesome. We'll be on Apple TV soon? Well, that's a good question. That might be how I watch it. Right. I think it's going to be an Apple TV soon. Let's see here. Uh, coming. That doesn't help me at all, Apple. Tell me the damn uh, 2023. Thanks. <laughs> no shit, 2023. Okay, so sometime within the next two months. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, whatever. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll see. <laughs> um, all right. I have one more thing to do. You got your two word. Exorcist Believer review. Let's hear it. Fucking boring. All right. And that's going to do it for this episode. We will (laughs) see everyone later. It's good to be back. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. We're back.